At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Welcome Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco. I'm a preventative cardiologist and lipidologist at Baptist Health's Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute, where I'm also chief of cardiology and the chief population health officer at Baptist Health South Florida. March is National Nutrition Month, which brings attention to what we eat and the way it impacts our health and wellness. In particular, we're going to look at how a healthy diet is key to supporting our body's immune system. Which nutrients help our immune system to fight off pathogens like bacteria and viruses? How we can make sure we're getting what we need? We'll explore these answers with my guest, Lucette Talamas, a registered dietitian with Baptist Health's community health team. Lucette holds bachelor's and master's degrees in food science and nutrition and has additional experience as a clinical dietitian. Welcome to the podcast, Lucette. Thank you. Great to be here. So Lucette, we know that during the COVID-19 pandemic, there's been a lot of uncertainty and people try to control that uncertainty in in any way they can. And there's a lot of stuff out there and and both written and people's perceptions regarding the role of nutrition in helping their immune system. So first, does our nutrition really impact our immune system? Does what we eat make a difference in our ability to fight off viruses and bacteria? Yes, definitely. What we eat makes a difference, not just with our immune system. Often we isolate the systems, right? We're just looking at immune system, but what we eat affects all of our systems, including our immune system. So there is a suggestion, you know, that um, when we have vitamin and mineral deficiencies, that can weaken the body's ability to fight infection. Um, so certainly um, um, uh, we know a bad diet, how we have to define that, can be negatively impactful in our health. And there's certainly concerns regarding whether it be diabetes or high blood pressure and, and heart disease and even cancers. Um, but when we're talking about kind of the, the, the stuff that, that a good diet can do to help, what again can it do? So let's start with, again, going back to that concept. Can we eat our way out of a bad lifestyle? What can't we expect if we eat healthier, eat proper balance and nutrition? Right, we definitely can't eat our way out of um, an unhealthy lifestyle. Um, and there's definitely no magic bullet either. There's no substitution for what a healthy diet can do. Um, so that can also lead into the conversation about supplements and um, at the end of the day, we definitely want a food first approach, which is trying to work on building that healthy dietary pattern. So that pattern is not restrictive. It's, you know, I like to say there's more of the good stuff and less of the other stuff. Actually, a good comment, even when I speak to um, uh, my patients about nutrition, it's people tend to concentrate on, on, you know, the good stuff they eat, and that's fine. But if it's you're eating a lot of the bad stuff too, that's not going to negate the consequence of the good stuff. So I appreciate yeah. that. So let's get, let's get to down and dirty to a couple of specifics now, because we want to be careful again, diet is important, proper nutrition for a good immune system is important, but you know, you can't be a three pack a day smoker and then take a supplement and say, now I'm really healthy. So let's talk what, what a good diet can do. Let's talk a little bit about um, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, phytochemicals. These are all terms that are thrown out there regarding potential health benefits of certain foods. Um, what, what is the benefit of these various nutrients on our immune system? Right. So all of these are big words that can be difficult to digest for some people. So we'll start with the word like phytochemicals and phytonutrients. So this is, they're in such essentially the same word. Um, phyto means plants. So it's just nutrients that come from plants and antioxidants are one of those hundreds of compounds that come from plants that are known to, uh, literally help fight and protect our body 
by protecting ourselves from the damage of free radicals. Now, free radicals are a normal byproduct of um, all the chemical processes in our body that happen. That's known as metabolism, right? Um, and antioxidants, when they're supplied through the diet, are there to combat. So it's a normal process that's happening. Now, when it gets out of control with either too much oxidative stress or poor diet not contributing the antioxidants, the fighters, um, that's where we can see a disbalance and can lead to maybe some problems. So um, um, again, going back to the original premise, uh, our body has its own metabolism. There are negative things that can happen in our body and certain balanced foods and healthy foods can help mitigate the negative consequences. Like you said, oxidative stress, it's not a good thing when it's overwhelming. It could lead to inflammation, various other things. So are you advocating a plant-based diet? Are you advocating eat things in the natural forms? Are you eating, uh, you know, let's talk about eat the rainbow or is it all of these things? How would you basically, you, you made some comments regarding, you know, a well-balanced yes. diet. Let's talk about what you would generally recommend people concentrate on when it, when it comes to uh, proper nutrition. Yes. So a healthy dietary pattern um, is definitely a plant-based pattern. Now there tends to be confusion of what the term plant-based means. And the thing is, there's actually no formal definition in literature. Plant-based is a spectrum of different dietary patterns from vegan to vegetarianism, all the way to the other side of the spectrum, which is actually the Mediterranean diet pattern. So we know that Mediterranean dietary pattern includes um, lots of plant-based, you know, nuts, seeds, fruits, veggies, whole grains. And then you start to see the animal, the seafood, more like the topping off of your dishes um, versus as uh, inside of the main course. So that's the spectrum of plant-based diets. Usually we can find somewhere in the spectrum, you know, for people to start taking those baby steps to, you know, it can start with adding more vegetables to some meals, starting to change the proportions of animal uh, versus plants on their plates um, to truly reflect more of a Mediterranean dietary pattern. So Lisette, before we get again to some details, let's talk about the concept of processed foods and, and maybe more importantly, ultra processed foods and how um, we've taken foods in a natural form and done something to them and how our bodies react negatively to that. Can you speak a little bit to those concepts? Yes, so foods can come in different uh, amounts of processing and uh, there's a spectrum of how processed these foods are. So there's uh, foods that can be processed very simply such as some of our vegetables that are already uh, pre-cut and washed and then maybe some of them are more processed and they are cans and they're exposed to some heat and maybe even some preservatives. Now, ultra processed foods on the spectrum, you know, it lies far from these fresh cut vegetables that are lightly processed. Um, but the ultra processed foods are the ones that we're really concerned about for our health and the ones that we want to keep an eye on and see how much we're eating and reduce our intake of them. The ultra processed foods are usually the ones that are on shelves and they last for a long time. Um, they've been usually high, they're usually higher in added sugars and also different types of oils that are usually not as good for our health because they tend to be hydrogenated oils, which are a source of saturated fat, which we know is not good for our health either. So um, I've heard it said that people should shop the periphery of the supermarkets, um, meaning don't go down the aisles where you have all your processed and unprocessed foods. And if you get food in the most natural form, of course, you're going to be more likely to avoid um, um, health-related concerns from nutrition. So I think that's great, uh, great, great information. So we talked about some bad things, um, especially in the form of, of ultra-processed and, and, and less natural type forms of food. Let's talk about now good stuff. When we're talking about various nutrients, and you mentioned before phytochemicals, antioxidants, uh, you know, big words. 
what about things like, like let's go through a couple, beta carotene. Um, what is beta carotene? Why is it good for us? Where can people find it? Yeah, so we talk about the good stuff before we talk about the detail. You know, a very simple recommendation is to eat the rainbow, which just means eat fruits and vegetables, especially of different colors. So beta carotene, for example, that's one of the natural pigments um, that actually reflects, um, uh, you know, it's actually a vitamin as well, beta carotene, um, or antioxidant as well. And, you know, it's associated with our deep orange, deep yellow uh, fruits and vegetables. Now, if you just follow the eat the rainbow, you know, and choose different color fruits and vegetables, you'll be getting a mixture of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and phytonutrients um, from, you know, all of these plant-based pigments. So beta carotene, like I said, it's an antioxidant. It's a precursor to vitamin A. Specifically for our immune health, it's really important as well. It has a a role in enhancing, you know, our immune function, especially, you know, if you're not getting enough, for example, beta carotene or vitamin A, you know, if you're, uh, if you have insufficient or deficient levels, that's where we start to see, you know, your immune system maybe not working as well. So, so um, some of the other things that we see, again, a lot of patients coming in taking as vitamin D, vitamin C, maybe you could talk about zinc a little bit, especially in the COVID environment. Um, I think your point though is well said, which is not to concentrate on a micronutrient, a particular vitamin, but eat foods that are rich in these generally healthful nutrients and, 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 and minerals and vitamins, and, and you'll, be, you'll be good to go, like eat the rainbow, as you said. So just a couple of things, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, just, just mention those quickly, because again, I think these are the more common supplements, I will, if you will, that I see people uh, taking and coming in uh, into my practice on. Right. So these are all, you know, important vitamins and minerals for our overall health and also our immune function. Now, the first line of approach would be to make sure if you can get them in your diet before we talk about supplements. Um, because when we mass dose on any one of these, while I can talk a, a little more specifics about each of them, we never want to mega dose, especially without the consent of a physician. Um, because it just because it's good for you in one amount doesn't mean that a mega dose will be good for you. So for example, in the case of zinc, you know, we just want to make sure you're meeting the RDA, the recommended dietary allowance. Um, you know, if you're having trouble meeting that through the diet, that's where, you know, you can look at a supplement, you know, but just to put some numbers to it, because people, you know, sometimes the numbers work. So your RDA, you know, is uh, for men, 11 milligrams for women, eight milligrams per day for zinc. The upper limit is what we want to be mindful of. We don't want to pass the upper limit unless there's, you know, advice from a, a physician and under medical supervision to supplement above upper limits. The upper limit for zinc is 40 milligrams. This one's really interesting because in the case of zinc, um, you know, supplementing and taking 150 or up to 450 milligrams of zinc per day can actually reduce your immune function. So that's why, you know, especially in this era of the pandemic, you know, we We've been hearing about specific micronutrients to support the immune system, which it's great we're putting this attention to nutrition, but you know, the question is, can we get this through the diet? And if you're supplementing, are you getting just the right amount and not overdoing it? So let's so say we brought up a few uh, specific types of vitamins and minerals, but specifically talking about vitamin C, um, widely prescribed, not really, widely taken. A lot of um, thoughts as to um, uh, health benefits. Where, 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 what would you tell people about the benefits of vitamin C, both in its natural form and as a, a supplement? Yeah, so vitamin C, um, 
whether it comes from food or supplements, tends to be one of the most common vitamins that gets all the attention when it comes to nutrition and immunity. Um, as we've been talking about, what's more important for to maintain a, a healthy immune system is focusing on your overall diet, choosing plenty of fruits and vegetables. Now, plenty of fruits and vegetables also contain different amounts of vitamin C. Citrus foods are known to have, you know, like oranges and lemons um, tend to have the highest amount of vitamin C, but so do strawberries and bell peppers and even broccoli. So by choosing your fruits and your vegetables um, as part of your, your daily diet, you know, healthy diet, um, you are getting enough vitamin C um, through your diet. Now, again, as soon as someone starts maybe sneezing, there tends to be a a tendency to go towards supplementing with vitamin C. And it's usually not as necessary, especially when you're getting it from your diet. Um, but these mass doses of vitamin C are not necessarily, you know, always the answer um, to necessarily, you know, boosting your immune system. So often, as I, again, it tends to get a lot of attention, but vitamin C is not the, the only player here when it comes to nutrition and immune health. It's all of our other vitamins and minerals too. I, I agree with that. And the other thing I would caution, and I'm speaking with my cardiology, cardiometabolic role is uh, an orange may contain vitamin C as could other fruits and vegetables, but orange juice also contains a lot of sugar. <laughs> so try and yeah. get your, your vitamins again, the most natural form. I say there's an orange tree, there's no orange juice tree. So keep in mind also other things that might be in the food that you're, or the form of, of, of nutrition you're getting um, when you're looking for something with a benefit. So eat your orange for sure, <laughs> instead of drink the juice. So I think, I think actually I'm going to pause a little bit and let, I really want to emphasize this and maybe get into this a little more deeply because we're trying to expose the listeners to a couple of things they hear and articulate them. But the reality is our diet, especially if we eat a balanced diet, and it's hard to be really nutritionally deficient um, from a vitamin standpoint in the United States, that we're able to get the regular needs of our body for these vitamins and minerals. The thinking that something's good for me, so taking more of it is really good for me, is kind of the mindset behind the supplement industry. And it's really not validated by science. There really is not any kind of really good medical studies saying taking extra of these minerals and supplements will provide some kind of benefit. I, I and others call it magical thinking. So I do want to make sure that the listeners understand you're advocating a healthful, balanced diet, eat the rainbow, as you say, and getting these essential nutrients, vitamins and minerals that way, not necessarily eating poorly or eating a diet and saying, and take extra by these pills. It's thinking of a little is okay. So a lot is better is, is a fallacy. Is that, is that a fair statement? Does that go along, along with um, your thinking? Yes, that's exactly a, a great conclusion to what I've been saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. So again, we're not, we're not advocating supplements. We're explaining what the concepts behind some of them are, right. but eat that balanced diet, eat that rainbow, avoid the processed foods ultra processed foods, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll be okay. So a couple of other things that I think it's worth exploring, given your expertise, probiotics. I mean, a lot of stuff going on in our microbiome where synergistic relationship with the billions of bacteria in our intestines, the food we eat gets digested and metabolism, metabolized, then we absorb it. Speak a little bit about the concept of probiotics, where you and your in your clinical role might use or, um, um, or, or debunk a concept of probiotics. So what are probiotics and where would, we, where would we use them? Right, so gut health is important for our overall health and also a healthy immune system. So when we refer to gut health, you know, how can we assure that you have a healthy gut? So the main way is by encouraging you know, to eat foods that are rich in probiotics. So probiotics are actually healthy bacteria that live in our gut. 
Um, and they do a whole bunch of wonderful stuff for our overall health, not just maintain a healthy um, digestive tract. So probiotics are found in fermented foods. The most common and easy fermented food there is, is probably yogurt. Um, but then there's other fermented foods, you know, also cultural foods that, um, that can be fermented and all of these can be sources of probiotics. Now, the healthy bacteria, which are the probiotics, they feed off of prebiotics. So that's the, the difference between the probiotic and the prebiotic. So prebiotic um, it's uh, prebiotics are found in our fiber rich foods, especially our whole grains, fruits and vegetables. Um, and it's a certain type of fiber that uh, actually feeds the probiotics and helps keep them healthy. I, I, I know that there's things like sauerkraut and uh, kimchi and other type of fermented foods. Those are those would be considered in that category of healthful foods as well for, for uh, gut health. Right. Yeah. So sauerkraut, kimchi. Um, tempeh are, is also fermented soy. So all of any fermented food, fermented dairy, um, are great sources of probiotics. You don't need to buy, you know, a special brand of yogurt, for example, all yogurts have probiotics. But having said that, and, uh, I've, I've used this actually slide in a uh, presentation I gave about how the food industry fools us, uh, a, a Greek plain yogurt, very healthy, very low in, 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 in sugars, but you can get a processed yogurt with fruit in it, and that could be dessert, right? <laughs> that could be poison. So when I mean, you talk about yogurt, you're talking about a plain, arguably Greek um, um, yogurt. Is that, is, that, is that fair to say? Definitely, definitely. So if possible, you know, to buy plain yogurt because you're that way it's free of added sugars. And yes, there could be a lot of marketing tied to certain brands that may have more probiotics, for example. But at the end of the day, in order for it to be yogurt, it had to be fermented. So all yogurts have probiotics and the plain Greek would be a great choice. As I said, go back to eating healthy foods, natural form. I would tell my patients if the food makes a health claim, run away from it. <laughs> That's not why you're eating food for the balanced nutritional benefit and the energy. Um, so a um, couple of other things. So we did talk about a little bit, uh, we touched on, but but going back to vitamins and supplements and and the concept of, of, of taking something extra to provide health. Um, is it generally your recommendation to avoid them or are there scenarios where you might tell um, um, you know, someone you're evaluating or a patient that, uh, hey, listen, there's a circumstance where you might benefit from this? Definitely food first approach. Um, you know, in certain cases with supplements um, such as, so there are certain populations that will benefit from supplements such as you know, prenatals for pregnant women, right? Um, people that have the recommendation from their physicians to take calcium for osteopenia, osteoporosis. So there are some cases where, you know, it's physician recommended at that point um, for meeting a health goal, right? But for the general population, that's just buying the supplements over the counter because, you know, a friend or social media, or they saw something on the news about a certain nutrient, a vitamin or mineral you know, is good for our health. And then instead of interpreting that as I should eat more foods from that category, right? They go buy the supplement. That's, you know, something we definitely want to, you know, pump the brakes on and ask yourself, why are you buying that supplement? You know, um, so definitely a food first approach when it comes to dietary supplements. Um, there's a lot of um, concerns, I, I can say, with the dietary supplement industry um, that people should know about. It's unregulated. So these supplements are not going through FDA approval before they hit the shelves. That means that they're innocent until proven guilty. So don't assume that just because it's sold in a pharmacy or sold on a shelf that they are, quote unquote, safe to take. 
That's an incredible point. I mean, the FDA is a safety organization. It does not regulate things that are considered supplements unless they hurt someone. I mean, you and I in my backyard could concoct something in a bowl and put it in a little capsule and sell it. And it's perfectly legal unless it starts you know, killing someone. Exactly. Um, unlike, you know, pharmaceutical industry, which is, which is highly regulated from a safety standpoint. So people don't know what they're getting in the supplements, um, um, which is uh, very valid. A um, couple of, couple of, couple of final points if, if we could. So going back to COVID, um, we've seen that a lot of the patients who get COVID who have a worse experience, there's an age component, but there's also an obesity component and might relate to some kind of underlying um, inflammation. Are you seeing in, in, in the literature that you read um, um, any particular dietary trends that might determine who's at a higher risk for a bad COVID outcome? Or is it just general health and general nutrition and general weight? Are you seeing any particular components of a diet that might place someone at increased risk? Right. I think when it comes to COVID, you know, I think we're in the midst of all the research and still learning, but obesity has been identified as, you know, a key area of potential risk and maybe more of the negative side effects from COVID. Um, I think when it comes to obesity, there could be an assumption that because someone is overweight or obese, that they are nourished. But I think one thing I've consistently seen and read about is that you know, just because you're overweight or obese does not mean you are necessarily well-nourished. You could definitely not be getting enough, you know, high-quality nutritious foods in your diet. Um, so there could be vitamin mineral insufficiencies and deficiencies um, in the state of obesity. So um, it's more of the malnourishment components, whether the person is overweight or not overweight. Malnourishment, you know, it can it's usually on the on the inside, not just on the outside that we see it. So. Um, that yeah, would again, be the risk. Another great concept. I mean, obesity is is the uh, abnormal deposition of energy in the form of fat that you're storing. It's fat that you're storing, not necessarily dietary fat. That's all another conversation. Right. But it doesn't mean that you're absolutely well balanced in your vitamins and other nutrients. So uh, again, final points would be stick with that. I like that food first philosophy, not looking for other external sources of particular micronutrients and vitamins and minerals. Eat that healthy diet eat the rainbow, eat the colors of the rainbow in the forms of, of vegetables and, and, and um, um, you know, vital foods that have good health benefits. Um, what else can you tell us um, in final comments? Um, um, you know, what efforts are out there for, for you and others to help the community learn more about nutrition? Very complicated, lots of wrong information out there, lots of industry-led information that might not be always accurate. What, what, what links or other resources would you recommend to listeners to really get true information about nutrition. Right. So Baptist Health has the community health department, which is where I work in, and we provide free health and nutrition classes. So currently we have gone virtual. So all of our health and nutrition classes are virtual. So I encourage people if they would like to learn more about nutrition, you know, always make sure your information is coming from someone that's qualified, such as a registered dietitian when it comes to the world of nutrition. Um, and you can hear uh, us speak more about nutrition through these virtual classes. Um, you can check out our website, so events.baptisthealth.net, or you can also email programs, which is plural, programs at baptisthealth.net, if you'd like to be added to our email listserv to receive the updates of our virtual classes. That's great. We'll have those links in the podcast uh, notes. Any final comments? Any final thoughts? Anything you want to uh, emphasize that we addressed or anything we missed? So thanks again for having me here and, you know, to keep it simple, food first approach, eat your fruits and your vegetables, choose less processed foods. I love how you pointed that out in the beginning of this podcast um, and just taking one step at a time, right? So one step towards 
that healthy dietary pattern to support not just our immune system, but our overall health. Great. Stay, eat the periphery of the supermarket, stay away from the aisles. <laughs> That's a simple one. So this is great. Um, you know, to our listeners, as we wrap up this episode, we encourage you all to please take a moment to give this podcast a five-star rating on whichever platform you're listening to us on. And if you have any comments or suggestions for future topics, you can please email us at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. That's baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay safe and mask up. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.